Praise the Lord, everybody. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. And we've been having a tremendous time around here. Great preaching, great singing. Tonight will be no exception. Hallelujah. I'm glad to be in the presence of the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. Come on, we're going to make tonight greater than, greater than last night, greater than today. Hallelujah. We got to put everything we have into it. Hallelujah. Make a commitment right now. I'm not going to hold back. I'm going to push tonight. I'm going to give everything that I've got. I want the glory of the Lord to come down. Hallelujah. There's celebrations going on all over this land today. What a celebration we're going to have in this place. Hallelujah. But I am so thankful to still be living in the land of the free. Now, I don't know how much longer that's going to be, but tonight we're able to come into this place and worship God freely. Hallelujah. Thank God for this country. I thank God for what this country stands for most of the time. I thank God for that he is the God of this country. I wonder, would you help us sing this old song tonight? Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes
Hallelujah. And if you know it's all in him, all right, then why don't we do it all for him? Hallelujah. Why don't we do it all for him? Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Sister Jones is going to sing again before she does. Why don't we change some things up just a little bit? Amen. Why don't we, these young men, why don't we come on in just a little bit? You're almost out of bounds over there. Hallelujah. Amen. Young ladies that are past the three-point mark, come on in. Amen. Let's get here and let's have church like we know how to have church. Hallelujah. We've been around one another long enough this week already to know who we are. We're apostolics. Hallelujah. We're blood bought. Hallelujah. We're excited about going to heaven. We're excited about Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Let's worship him tonight and magnify his holy name.
Tonight, come on, let's lift our voices to Him. 
Praise Him. Love Him. Hallelujah. He's a great God. Name above all names. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's a great God and He's greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. So thankful for what He's doing in this camp this week. Amen. You can return to your seats. Hallelujah. We're asking the junior choir to come on and come on up here, get ready to sing. Hallelujah. Uh, did we have some great preaching last night? Hallelujah. How many of you still get excited about the preaching of the Word of God? Hallelujah. Oh, there's one that does. Hallelujah. Thank God for all the singing, but oh, it's the preaching that's going to save my soul. It's the preaching that's going to take me to heaven. My, have we got some tremendous preachers this week. Boy, Brother Ham did a great job this morning. Brother Patrick last night. You know what? You can just expect, come expecting every service to be greater. Amen. Amen. Praise God. They're getting ready. Amen. As they sing.
Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Didn't they do a great job? Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. All right. We want the senior choir to get ready. Amen. Come on up here. Amen. Andale, andale. Praise God. I want to see how grateful I am to these men that putting this camp on and the many years that they've been at it and been faithful to it. I'm thankful that we have a safe place to bring our young people. Amen. A safe place. Not just any place, not just any camp, but a safe place. place where you can feel safe. You can, you don't have to worry when you go back to your hotel or whatever. You know your children are all right. I appreciate that. Appreciate these men so much for their burden for doing this. And uh, these preachers that they have selected this year have been just phenomenal. I appreciate that. I appreciate what Brother Patrick said last night. He didn't come to hype us, but he come to preach to us. And I'm so thankful for the men of God that are preaching this camp. God bless tonight. Amen. Great looking choir here. Let's worship with them as they sing tonight.
out. Oh, can we do it all over again, God? I'm so glad that the fire stills out. Hallelujah. Oh, anybody excited about that tonight? today. Hallelujah. Anybody thankful for that Holy Ghost fire? Hallelujah. I want it to fall in this place tonight. I want it to burn out every impurity that might be in me. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. I can't think of a better time to turn it over to the preacher tonight. Hallelujah. Praise God. How many of you enjoyed Brother Patrick last night? Hallelujah. Tremendous preacher from Hattiesburg, Mississippi. We're so blessed to be able to have him with us tonight. We want him to come at this time. We want him to deliver to us what God has given him. I am convinced above everything as he's getting ready to come. Amen. I guess we need to receive an offering first. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Lord Jesus, bless the offering, the gift, and the giver. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God. Let's bring our gift to the Lord right quick. Amen. Hallelujah.
our hands and do that right now. Jesus, we magnify that holy name. We thank you for the word that we're about to receive. Hallelujah, in Jesus' name. Brother Patrick, come. Why don't we give the Lord a hand clap of praise as Brother Patrick comes tonight. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, how many are thankful for what you felt so far tonight? Man, we could certainly go home right now, dismiss tonight, know that we've been in the presence of the Lord. Amen. I'm thankful for the presence of God that we feel here tonight. Man, and I believe the Holy Ghost is just setting the stage. Amen. Worship is the avenue, the mechanism, the way that God opens our hearts wide open. That's why it's important to get involved in worship service. Because it puts you in position to receive. It prepares the heart to be wide open before God so that the Word of God has no obstruction and can go forth and accomplish the purpose of it being sent. Amen. So I'm thankful for the worship that's going on here tonight. I thought the Holy Ghost was going to let me off the hook and shift gears on me and go a different direction. Uh, so I was thinking, all right, God, maybe I'm Kind of got a few things out of order here, out of sorts, but just like God, he decided to shift again. Amen. Kind of change the atmosphere again. And uh, so I feel the Holy Ghost has a purpose for us here tonight. Amen. I do want to say what, what a tremendous honor it is to be here with all of you and to be worshiping gather with you. I give honor to all of these men that are part of the steering committee. Uh, to Brother Helm, what a beautiful lesson today. I'm, I'm anxiously waiting for tomorrow and Friday. And uh, I told him at lunch today, I hope that's not copyrighted because it might make its way back to Hattiesburg. I'm sure. Tremendous teaching. Amen. And uh, so I saw him down here and I thought you know what I'd, I'd rather be right here because that way I can just look you in the eye see you a little better feel a little closer to you felt a little disconnected and elevated last night but uh, so I asked permission I didn't just take it upon myself but I asked permission to get down here and uh, permission was granted so here we are Praise God. And I believe the Holy Ghost wants to talk to us tonight. Amen. Praise God. If you have your Bibles, we're going to Psalms 139. While you're preparing to go there, I do want to say thank you for the tremendous hospitality that's already been extended to uh, my son and I and um, the room accommodations. And uh, it's nice and cool, Brother Ham, in my room. I wanted you to know that. And um, the basket, the bag, 
and all the goodies in there. Whoever was responsible for that, thank you so very much. Uh, and it's our honor and privilege to be here. I've already been blessed. Amen. And uh, by being here, being around the good people of God, you can never uh, overestimate the power of association. And being around godly people makes you better, makes me better by being around the right people. Amen. And I'm thankful tonight for this great host of young people uh, that are hungry for God and passionate about the things of God. The anointed singing. Man, I give honor to uh, Sister Jones. We've known them a really long time. Her, my, her and my wife were together at JCM for a little while. Uh, her and her husband got married one week after we did. And uh, so it's been a close relationship for many years. And it's great to be here with Bryson and Joanna. Amen. And uh, our kids love these guys. And we're just happy to be here. Amen. Psalms 139, 14th verse. The psalmist says, and these are familiar words from the psalmist to us. I will Praise thee. For or because I am, everybody say I am, fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that, that his works are marvelous, and that my soul knoweth right well. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. Amen. I want to use the words of the psalmist tonight, and I want to preach to us, talk to us for just a little while here. Fearfully, and wonderfully made fearfully and wonderfully made would you pray and ask the Holy Ghost that he would help us here tonight Lord Jesus we thank you for your spirit the liberty of the Holy Ghost that's been in this house we thank you Lord for the overwhelming power of your glory and we're asking God that you would anoint your word afresh upon these lips of clay that you would accomplish the purpose of it being sent the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Why don't you give the Lord a hand clap of praise again before you're seated tonight. God bless you and please be seated. Last night we talked about our actions and our words being in agreement. If the Lord will help us over the next three nights, tonight and the following two nights, we're going to preach about and talk about some of those actions that uh, put us in agreement with what our words are saying. I am going to preach to you tonight what I feel very strongly upon my heart. I am going to endeavor not to 
be too pastoral because I don't want to usurp that right in that place. But I feel very passionate and very strongly about what I am going to deliver to you tonight. It is a subject that you don't hear preached very often. It is some things concerning the kingdom of God that if we were just looking to push the right buttons, we certainly would in this direction. But because I feel it very strongly upon my heart, weeks before we ever arrived here, I can't seem to get away from it, and I feel like it is what the Holy Ghost would have for us. I believe that I'm preaching to young people tonight, this week, that uh, are in some of the greatest churches, some of the most uh, dynamic apostolic churches that uh, are available. There is no question on the doctrine. There is no question on the stance of separation and the direction that the church is going. However, I know the world in which you live, and so the way I am going to preach tonight may sound strange and even uh, unreasonable or unnecessary to some that would be here tonight. But I want to minister to our young people that are in this house tonight. I want to preach to you where you live, and I want to uh, help you understand what God's will is for your life. That's not a scary thing to say. I know what the will of God is for your life. I know what the purpose of God is for your life. And we're going to talk about that a little bit tonight. Amen. Yeah, we're going to breach some subjects uh, that perhaps will make some nervous, but we're going to do it in a discreet uh, and appropriate fashion. But we are going to preach right where this generation is living. Amen. Sometimes I think uh, our intentions are right and they are good and they are correct, but we skim the surface just enough that we really miss the meat of what needs to be said. That we, we, we say it just enough without really saying it plain, amen, and making it understandable and receivable. And so that is my passion and my goal tonight. I want every young man and every young lady in this house to understand that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm going to say that again. Every young man in this house tonight and every young lady is fearfully and wonderfully made. You do not have to use the world's things to alter who you are and what you are, the way you look, the way you exist, to be acceptable to God. God made you fearfully and wonderfully. You are exactly what God intended for you to be. Amen. You're exactly what God intended for you to be. Now, I ask you to stay with me tonight all the way through the end. 
Amen. Don't leave me halfway or at the beginning. Stay with me all the way through. There is a, a spirit of this generation, of this culture, of this society in which you and I are a part of. There is a, a, a strong spirit to challenge everything that seems to be absolute. It wants to challenge and question and to cause, as Brother Ham so ably talked about uh, this morning, cause a curiosity uh, of what could be or what might be or what is on the other side. Amen. To challenge the uh, uh, framework in which society has lived for generations and alter who we are and what we are and the direction that we are going. I believe that God made us male and female exactly as He desired. Amen. This probably ain't going to make you want to run the aisles, but I hope it'll make you want to live for God all the days of your life. Amen. Uh, he, he knew exactly, the Bible tells us explicitly, that before we were ever born, God knew who we were going to be. He did not make a mistake in your mother's womb. Amen. And I know there's people saying, well, this doesn't apply to the apostolic church. Please don't stick your head in the sand and think these beautiful young people that are sitting here tonight are unfazed and untouched and so sheltered that the spirit of this world is not reaching to them and impacting them. I'm here to tell you if we do that, we're going to lose an entire generation of young people. I'm here tonight to stand up for truth and tell you, you are who God wanted you to be. You are exactly what God wanted you to be and God has a purpose in your life and uh, I don't want to come across too strong and while we still have the liberty to do so I want to say some things because as uh, uh, Brother Walker mentioned uh, we don't know how much longer it's going to be before we come uh, to the place that we're like our northern neighbors in Canada and certain speech and certain words and certain things cannot be said in a setting like this uh, uh, without being considered hate speech and uh, uh, discrimination. But I want to say some things not based on sociology uh, or current trend. I want to say some things based on the Word of God. Because when it boils down to it, we're not going to be judged by our feelings. We're not going to be judged by what our president thought. We're not going to be judged by what our professors thought uh, and our high school teachers thought. Uh, when we stand before God, uh, we're going to be judged uh, by the Word of God. And I want to make sure my life uh, is lined up with the Word of God. Amen. And so the spirit of our world 
manifest itself in individuals who speak out on behalf of particular spirits and agendas. And let me just say right here in the beginning, it's all a spirit of hell that is anti-God. Anything that's like God, hell wants to alter it and change it and rearrange it. Amen. So don't ever forget that the Bible says we are made in His image. In His image has He made us both male and female. God did that in His image. Amen. And so don't you ever forget that we are in the image of God. God and so hell hates anything that is the image, the reminder, the reflection of God, and it has one agenda to alter it, to change it, to rearrange it, to take the image of God and reshape it into the image of a man and his idea and his opinions and his concepts. But can I tell you that what makes hell so afraid? is when a godly young lady who is reflecting the image of God correctly walks into this world and when a godly young man reflecting the image of God correctly walks into this world you have power, you have favor, you have authority over the enemy. Amen. And so at times there are individuals who manifest these spirits and they become the spokesmen for these spirits. It wasn't but just a couple of years ago that a young lady by the name of Miley Cyrus came out and said, I do not identify with being either a boy or a girl. I know it's real quiet, so I hope you're listening. Well, if Molly Cyrus is saying that, you can be assured that she is the spokesman on behalf of a spirit that does not want to stop with her. But it will not be satisfied until every young man and every young lady says, don't judge me by how I appear. Let me make my choice and my decision on how I want to identify. Now, I know I'm, t- I'm preaching to a... a Um, various ages, but my goal is to minister to young people. And so I I have to ask this question. How many of you knew who Paul Harvey was today when Brother Ham mentioned him? How many of you have ever heard of a, uh, a pop figure named Boy George? Anybody? Look at this. With the exception of just a few on this front row, only the people behind the second row have heard of either Paul Harvey or Boy George. 
How many of you have heard of Miley Cyrus? Now, I'm, you're, we're not going to drag you to the altar and pray you through, okay? Don't act so sanctimonious like you don't know where the world is. Now, this is why I'll bring this up, because Miley Cyrus came out a couple of years ago and said, I don't identify as a boy or a girl. I'm just a thing, and so I enjoy being a thing. You know what that does? That means I can do whatever I want to, and you can't pass judgment on me because I'm neither. Now, just stay with me. I know. Don't judge me too harshly yet. So this this other thing that calls himself Boy George, when he heard that statement, he came out and said, listen, this guy has been around a really long time. When he heard that statement, this was a whole article about uh, this whole concept. He heard that statement from Miley Cyrus and the acceptance that she received from the in crowd and world of acceptance. Boy George came out and said, this is the world I've been fighting for since the 1980s. Way back in the early 80s when Boy George came out uh, with long hair. When it wasn't cool, he had long hair and makeup as a guy. And now he says, this is the world I've been fighting for. Listen, young people, the spirits that you are facing in this generation did not just show up yesterday. They've had an agenda and a purpose. I'm not talking about politics. I'm talking about hell that wants to steal what God intends for you in your life, your purpose, your identity, your destiny. And it didn't just start yesterday. It has been going on since the time of the fall. The enemy, the spirit of this world wants to destroy and pull down. But I want to remind you again tonight. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. I'm going to repeat myself several times here tonight. But hear me. You reflect the image of God by being that godly young lady. You reflect the image of God by being that godly young man. You're not weird. You're not abnormal. You're not strange. You're a created being in the image of your creator and he did it with a purpose in mind. Amen. Now, can I state the obvious? We're going to preach a little bit here in a minute, so it's not just going to be Bible study. Can I state the obvious? Guys are different than girls, and girls are different than guys. Was that a revelation for anybody? But I'm going to tell you, 
That's not just a cultural statement. That's an apostolic biblical statement. Listen, gender identity is not something else other than apostolic. It's part of being apostolic. I know who I am and why I am who I am. I've got a purpose. I've been created by God. And I have a purpose. Amen. Male and female differences are not just a cultural thing. Amen. Culture does not determine the role of the male and female. Culture does not determine. Society does not determine the role of the male and the female. Culture does not determine if gender matters. Now, I'm preaching to the front two rows, so you other folks here tonight, you just. Because we can think that, oh, they're so sheltered. They're not being affected by any of this. I'm going to tell you, if you knew. Thank you, Brother Ham. I'm, oh, man. Curiosity. If you knew, but they're homeschooled, if you knew. But they go to church every Sunday and every midweek and and youth service uh, on, on Friday night, if you knew. If you knew what the devil's planting in their minds. Uh, come on, that's daddy's culture. Come on, that's daddy's society. Uh, that's mama's culture back there. Uh, oh, no. Uh, culture doesn't determine the role of the male and the female. And culture does not determine whether gender matters or not. Amen. Hear me. I want to get this into you young people because we don't know what the future holds. I don't care if a politician gets up and says different. Politics do not determine if gender matters. I don't care if the Supreme Court passed uh, that a tomato uh, is a vegetable. The Supreme Court does not determine uh, if gender matters. Come on, young people, get it in your heart right now. It doesn't matter what the Supreme Court says. God made you exactly like he wants you to be. God knew before you were born exactly who you were going to be. And I know it goes without saying, but just let me say it here tonight for clarity. Hollywood certainly does not determine the role of the male and the female. And Hollywood certainly does not determine if gender matters. You say, then what determines it? You already know. There's only one supreme thing uh, that determines if a male or a female matters uh, or if if gender matters. Uh, It's the Word of God. And the Word of God has declared God made man in His image. So in His image made He both male and female.
female. That wasn't a cultural idea. That wasn't a societal idea. That wasn't a theme in Hollywood or the imaginative mind of a creator except the creator of all things, God himself. You're exactly what God wants you to be. You're exactly who God wants you to be. I don't want to get too bold here tonight, but I'm going to tell you, you talk about confusion. If the devil was to get in the apostolic movement and get us all messed up on whether gender matters or not, we would lose our whole identity of who we are because we are a people in the image of God. And in his image have we been made. Come on, young lady. Don't you listen to the lie of the world. You're reflecting the image of God with your godly long hair and your modest dress. Come on, young men you're reflecting the image of God with your godly manliness and leadership ability God knows who you are and he has a purpose but it's more than the obvious you can be seated I don't care I don't care who says it I don't care, and there's a lot of things we're not saying tonight because it just don't apply to this group. I'm trying to preach the things that I feel do apply. But I don't care. Let me tell you something. Just because they have the alphabet after their name and get to teach in a prestigious school does not give them power to rearrange God's order. I'm going to tell you there's only one thing you don't question, and that's the Word of God. That's why I agree with Brother Helm. I tell our church in Hattiesburg, don't you sit out there and act like I'm the Pope and telling you everything you need to know about God. You bring your Bible to church and you follow me in it, and if I mess up or if I get out of the Word of God, you have a right to come ask me, but you make sure I'm going to stay in the Word of God. I don't have absolute authority to teach you what I want to and throw out what I want you to believe. I've got to teach and preach what Thus saith the word of God. So I don't care what they are or who they are. There are some things that are not a philosophical argument. So beyond the obvious that is visible to everyone, the distinction between male and female, it goes... Beyond that, the skeletal structure of a male and female are different. Now, just stay with me. I'm going to preach a long time tonight. So, no, I'm not. I'm just, but I am going to wrap this up here in a minute. So, you got to stay with me. The skeletal system is different. It's not just an outer shell and everything else is the same. God made distinct differences in the skeletal system, in the brain function. I hate to tell you guys, you already know it though, you just don't want to say it. The female brain tends to be larger than the male brain. I'm sorry. 
but it's true. Now, we're not going to take that any further because that could get really ugly. Amen. There are chemical differences. It doesn't matter what you feel. It doesn't matter what your societal influence has said about you. Now, I told you I'm going to preach where this, this generation lives. Uh, there was a 10-year-old boy that came out just two weeks ago. Ten years old, came out of the closet. Are you kidding me? What does a 10-year-old boy know about life and emotions and feelings? The only thing he knows is what he's been allowed to be influenced by in his social and cultural influences. This isn't my subject tonight, but that's a good reason to stay out of television and out of Hollywood and out of movies because I don't care if they're put out by Disney. They are subliminally sending you a message. It's okay to be different. It's okay not to be the norm. It's okay to alter who you are. I'm trying to be good and stay on course, but I just feel to bump this right here. I'm going to tell you. When, if you're looking at a Disney movie and you can't tell, is that a boy or a girl? That's not just a cute little cartoon trying to entertain you. That's a subliminal message coming from hell uh, that's trying to influence your little kid uh, and influencing them into thinking, well, I don't know what I am. Now, I could just act like this one day and act like that another day. And it doesn't matter what their feeling and what their economical and cultural and societal influences are. There are chemical differences in a male and a female. And the only way for a female to become a male is for those chemicals to be altered by an outside source. Now, I know we wouldn't have preached like this in the 70s. But there wasn't Instagram in the 70s. And I don't want to cross no theological swords. No, I'm not even going to go there. You all got pastors that are good safety nets taking care of you. That's not my business. But there wasn't Facebook in the 70s. You had to go search it out. But brother... It's already been said this week. You don't have to search. All you got to do is just log on, open up your smartphone, go to Instagram, go to all these little, uh, little, uh, you know, there's so many different apps now, and I'm not preaching to the adults tonight, but you need, don't just say, oh, that's out of my league. You better keep up with what's coming out, especially if you have children or grandchildren. You better know what's coming out when you pick up that phone and scan through those apps. You better know what you're I know your child wouldn't do it, but somebody's will. Because now there's apps that look like science, scientific calculators. And you say, hey, what's this app? Oh, it's just a calculator I needed for school. But it's just a front for hidden pictures. And I know some of you are looking at like, this has no relative to us. Well, you just keep living like that, and then you're going to get shocked out of your mind huh? when your grandchild gets involved in something you never thought they'd get involved in. What I'm preaching tonight is let's get it in their heart. Let's get it in their spirit. Huh? You're exactly what God wants you to be and who God wants you to be.
I don't have time to go through all of these, so let me hurry on. There's differences in the actual blood within a female and a male's body. The skin cells, how they regenerate, uh, what happens to them, uh, and on and on and on is different uh, between a male and a female. Why? Because God made you distinctly different for a reason. He intended to do exactly You weren't born and God said, oh no, I didn't intend for that. No, no, God knew exactly what you were going to be and what you were going to be because he has a purpose and he has a plan and he has an intention. And the psalmist said, I'm not going to go searching for what it would be like to be the other. I'm going to praise you for who I am and how you made me. Because you made me fearfully and wonderfully exactly like you wanted me to be. So the psalmist says, I am fearfully made. Which means... I am made in awe, and I am made in reverence. Uh Uh-huh. You know, I teach this at our church often. It's amazing to me. In this world of equality, this world of equality, equality in pay, equality in responsibility, females can do everything a male can do. We want to measure up. We want to be exactly the same. In this world of feminism that says, we are individuals. And yet, they submit themselves to the lie, you are so dog ugly. You young ladies are so ugly the way God made you. You got to cover all that mess up. And you know what the world does? In this world of individuality, in this world of equality, they have bought hook, line, and sinker that they are too ugly as they are. And so they spend billions of dollars a year making up a fake face to be accepted by the world. Let me preach to the young ladies. You're as beautiful as God wants you to be and you are glorious just like you are. You shine with radiance. There's no flaw. There's no imperfection. You're just like God wanted you to be. He never intended for you to hide his glory and hide his image. Now, I don't want to get too far into this, but just let me say, uh, when you look in the mirror and all you is what you've read and seen, uh, I need a little of this and I need a little of that, uh, and I need a highlight here and I need a highlight there, you need to stand in that mirror and say, I am in awe uh, of how God made me. Uh, I am in reverence uh, of how God created me. Uh, I am going to reverence uh, the image of God uh, by not all who I am and what I am. And I got to hurry, hurry. 
You're wonderfully made, which means you are distinguished and different and set apart. And the psalmist said, that's a marvelous work. I know some of you guys think you're the epitome of good looks. You know, guys are sneaky. You know, the girls, they get in the mirror and they, guys, they kind of, they don't want nobody to see them, you know. They walk by the glass. Come on, y'all are acting like y'all are living on a planet somewhere. The girls don't mind primping, but the guys don't want nobody to know. But I'm going to tell you, you're just as handsome as God wants you to be. You're the man God created you to be. Oh, yeah, and it's a marvelous work. And the psalmist said, I'm going to give God praise. And he said, my soul knows right so. Another way of saying that is that I am confident of this. You know what you need to do when the devil lies to you and say you ought to get curious about this. You ought to dabble in this. You ought to check this out. You ought to say, oh, no, I am confident that God made me just like he intended for me. God made me, and I'm going to give him praise because I am created in his image and he created us with a purpose stay with me tonight so we can get to where we're going Genesis chapter 1 verses 27 and 28 so God created man in his own image In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them. Everybody say, God blessed them. God blessed them. That means uh, he created them different and he blessed it. You don't want to mess with anything God has blessed. God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Genesis 2, 21 through 24. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And he slept and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. I hate to preach where you're really living, but I'm going to tell you it's not the will of God for you to be 30 years old still living at home uh, playing Xbox. I know you're a long ways from it right now, but I want it to get in your heart. I've got a bigger purpose. I've got a bigger reason that God created me like he did. Oh, yes, amen. I know that's kind of a joke of our generation, but if we're not careful, we're going to have a church full of apostolic young men that don't know what they're doing. They're just walking around in their 30s. Their thumbs are sore because all they know how to do is play a few games. That's not why God created you. That's not why God put you in this world. He put you here with a purpose, with an anointing, with a destiny, and there's a reason for it. And 
I don't want to cross swords with anybody here tonight, but I'm preaching about a church culture, not a societal culture. And I'm going to tell you, it's not the will of God for you to put your life on hold until you're 40 to get you a career and have a padded 401k. I know the society I live in. I know what I'm preaching about. uh, But I'm telling you in the church culture, that's not the will of God for you to spend half of your life on yourself and then wake up at 40 years old and say, I ought to have a family. I ought to do something for God. Oh, no. The reason God made you like you are is he intends for you to be a vital part of his kingdom from as early on as you possibly can. Uh, He intends uh, for you to be a vessel that is available and anointed uh, as early as possible I know I'm swimming upstream but just let me swim I've come tonight to preach to this young group God's got a purpose for your life God's got a calling on your life God knew when you were born what you were going to be and who you were going to be and he has an intention and a purpose but I'm seeing this trend of the world you could be seated. Start to show up in the church. And I cannot qualify everything. I'm preaching to the front two rows, so you just. I'm seeing this trend show up in the church that's been happening in the world for a while. And there is a trend in society where fewer young people are getting married. And instead, they are focusing on their self and their career. Oh, I know this is touchy subject, but I've never been afraid of touchy subjects. We're seeing this trend, uh, and there's a whole study you can go out there and look at and read uh, uh, in in the Asian countries, uh, uh, and I want to be careful with this, but in the Asian countries, uh, there is a a, a surge of single adults uh, because the passion uh, for relationship and marriage uh, is no longer a part of their culture. Now, the problem with that is that if that goes on too long, a culture will begin to disappear. And the apostolic church is no different. If we get too, this front two rows, if we get too focused on ourself, the apostolic culture and church will begin to suffer. You still here? Amen. If we are not careful, and I'm going to help somebody here tonight, so just I'm closer to being done than you think. If we are not careful, we'll have some 40 and 50-year-olds that have never done anything in the kingdom of God and who are just now deciding to find a mate a spouse when the purpose of God for creating the man and the woman was to create a family by which the purpose of God would be propagated 
I'm going to tell you, young men, as Brother Ham said this morning, some of you have probably already lost your mind. But I'm going to tell you, young men, it's the will of God. It's not a cultural thing. It's a God thing to find a young lady that your pastor and your parents, if that's appropriate, approves of. And you join together in marriage. God said for this cause shall a man, the responsibilities on you guys, shall, for this cause shall a man leave his mother and father and cleave unto his wife. For what cause, Lord? For the cause of being fruitful and multiplying and replenishing. Just stay with me. Amen. For this cause, this is part of the created purpose of God. It's not just a cultural thing to be attracted to the other. It's a God thing. And when it's done right and appropriate, God gets the glory. Now, I don't want, these are your pastors, you do it, you follow them. But I'm going to tell you, I'm seeing, a, I'm seeing a trend in Pentecost where our marriages are becoming very carnal events. Boy, it's quiet, hallelujah. Our church married, we have fewer, do I, how much liberty do I have? Oh, that wasn't, re- that wasn't reassuring. <laughs> you know what? There is not one thing wrong with getting married in a garden. But I promise you, it cannot match standing in a sanctuary where you were filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, where you were baptized in Jesus' name, where you've seen God move and you hold that spouse by the hand and you look at them in the eye before God and you say, I vow to God in this sanctuary till death do we part. I know this may sound a little old-fashioned, but I wish it would come back around in this generation. There is nothing more sacred and nothing more holy and nothing more godly than standing in a sanctuary before a minister of the gospel with the presence of God in the house. I got to hurry. I have no idea how long I've been preaching. Oh, my Lord, it's 915. So I'm coming to a close because i got to get to where I want to go. And I don't mean to use personal reference, but I'm not just spitting in the wind tonight. My wife and I, we had a, my wife was a little nervous about getting married. I mean, we were madly in love, and, but there was still this little bit of reserve. And so my wife had a prayer request. She said, God... I want you to be at our wedding, and I want you to speak to us. Now, you can't do that when it's all fun and games. God, I want you to speak to us. And so, we took communion at our wedding, and when we knelt to pray, 
and the minister reached out to lay hands on us. Tongues and interpretation went forth. And God spoke to my wife specifically and said, don't be afraid. I'm with you. I'm in this. This is my will. Come on, you got to stretch. Come on, it's more than just this, I'm going to get married, it's so cool. No, no, this is a vow before God because this is his kingdom and this is what come on I want to help some young people here tonight take a step maybe you never even thought about taking I'm taking a step that I am not going to get married until I find the right man or the right lady my pastor says yes my family says yes God says yes and we are going to be joined together not just with each other but with God and God God is going to be a part. I don't care what your counselor at school says. I don't care what your professor at school says. I don't care what your unsaved family says. Get it in your spirit. I am going to be an image bearer of God. I'm going to seek out a godly young lady. I'm going to seek out a godly young man. Come on. I'm going to preach to you what the will of God is for your life. I'm going to find that young lady. I'm going to find that young man. We're going to get married in the presence of God as pure young people. And then uh, we're going to tie ourselves uh, to a local apostolic church. Uh, and we are going to invest ourselves uh, in outreach, uh, in Sunday school, uh, in youth work. Uh, we're going to give our tithe. Uh, we're going to give our offerings. Uh, we're going to be a vital part of the kingdom. We're not going to go to church every other week. We're not going to lose sight of spirituality when we get married and everything's going to get carnal. We're going to watch the conversations we have with other young couples. We're going to watch how we live. We're going to give ourselves to God. We're going to buy into this because God created me a male and God created them a female to keep the church going, to move the church forward, to facilitate revival in every generation. And I am committing at this youth camp. I'm in, God. I'm in, God. I'm in, God. Whatever you want, wherever you want. I'm in with your will and your purpose. Remain standing with me. Sister Jones comes and helps us. Now, I'm just who I am, so this is no casting of stones. I'm not interested in you being a world changer. Because I've seen a lot of people change the world for the wrong thing. What I am interested in is you affecting your world. And one of the primary ways you're going to do that is you're going to stay true to God as a young lady and a young man. When the time is appropriate and right, you're going to find that other. You're going to join together in a vow before each other and before God. And you're going to buy into a local church 
you're going to commit yourself because you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And I'm talking to some young people tonight. God in His mercy. wants to let you know I don't want to get too personal and I don't want to get too close tonight but I'm just telling you I know where we live and I'm telling you there are some young men and there are some young ladies in this house tonight that that fleeting thought Brother Ham has shot through their mind well if that's not who they are what about me? is this really who I'm supposed to be? Is this what I'm really... You say, Brother Patrick, that could never happen. Well, the best way to illustrate this is to tell you a story about a young man named Omar Gonzalez. Omar was 16 years old. His cousin was 17. They made a day trip out to Ship Island. And while there, they thought, you know what? Let's go out in the water a little ways and see if we can catch some crabs. And so they went out a little ways. And then they went out a little further. And then they went out a little further. Until they got too far from the land to resist the currents. And before they knew it, the currents in that part of the gulf caught them and swept them out. And Omar drowned. His 17-year-old cousin took a hold of a buoy that was out there and held on for several hours until help came and found them. But the moral of the story is that if you get too far out, You can't control the currents that push you along. The further you get from God's ideal purpose, the less control you have of the currents that force you and push you. It starts, Brother Ham, with a decision of mine like you were teaching today. I'm enticed, I'm pulled away. But when I let go of my anchor of God's ideal, when I let go, I'm now lost in the culture and the currents. And so that's why you can have young men raised in an apostolic church, part of an apostolic youth group, 20 years old now, you're not sure if they were ever a man. Surely not somebody. That must have been a charismatic church. That must have been some other kind of church. No, no. I'm talking about an apostolic church. Where that pull and that curiosity that maybe the culture is right. and Maybe my pastor, he don't know. He's relating to a different era. And my parents, uh, they only relate to a, to a certain time. And, and I'm part of a different life. And I'm part of a different era. And I'm part of a different time. Uh, but God.
God has sent this preacher here tonight to tell you there's only one identity you need and it's found in the word of God you are fearfully and wonderfully made and let me tell every young lady and every young man God has a purpose for your life he has a place in your local church for you he has a plan in his kingdom for you you just gotta make up your mind I'm anchoring to it I'm not listening to the world I'm not giving in to the influence of this world every eye closed every mind on the Lord why don't you reach out to the Lord right now in this house Come on, young man, your identity is I'm going to be the man God wants me to be. Come on, young lady, your identity is I'm going to be the young lady God wants me to be. And God is going to bring the right man into my life. And young men, God is going to bring the right lady into your life. And God's going to join it together. Come on, young lady. Don't get too irrational and make a decision too quick and mess up what God wants to do. Come on, young man. Don't get too impatient and irrational and make a decision that can distort God's plan. But I wonder here tonight if there's some young men and some young ladies that'll step out from where you're standing right now and make a move to this altar and say, God, I commit. God, I commit. God. Come on, there's not an adult in this room that doesn't want every young person to succeed. Oh, but it's not worth uh, your place in the kingdom. And I know that's a delicate balance and a subject for another day, but I'm going to tell you it's not worth losing that place in the kingdom. You're a vessel that God created for His purpose. I wonder if we had some parents or some adults here tonight, some pastors uh, that would come in and pray with these young people. Come on. Uh. Come on, God knew who you were going to be before you were born. It's not a mistake. It's not a mistake. God's got a plan. God's got a purpose. Come on, young man. God knows who you are and what you are. He's got a purpose. He's got a plan. I will be what you've called me to be. I say yes. Lord, I agree. My desire passionately 
Oh!
all stand? Can we sing this unto the Lord tonight? Hands raised, God. I want to be that. Anybody going to say yes tonight? Jesus.